When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with the best bits of this afternoon's show. We reflected on the Premier League weekend in the company of broadcaster Tom Rennie, a man of forthright views. I we'll bring you a little views. section of, uh, of that to kick us off. Um, we were also joined by two Chelsea fans, Michael Volpe and Paul Chigi. Um, they are involved in a mental health initiative at Chelsea with a club's blessing called Over the Line. I think it's likely to be rolled out from what they said to other clubs and they're already doing fine work at Sunderland. So very interesting uh, stuff from them. We had some uh, old clips. We did. We brought some uh, Clips of the Week pewter from 2007 and Terry Alderton, comedian and South End fan, joined us. They started life for the first time in 101 years the heady days of the Southern League as a non-league team. So what was it like for a man who'd known league football all of his life? Uh, so we chatted to him. We had a chat. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And I was reading that Arsenal are offering fans hire an executive super box to enjoy matches at £28,800 a game, £28, a game. Up to 24 uh, Arsenal fans can chip in to watch the action from a private suite. It's not the top of the range one. They've got one for 30 grand. It's got no windows. Oh, so you yeah. don't have to watch the team. Kick them while they're down, Andy. Go on. <laughs> Kick them while they're down. That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, just, I was saying to you earlier, and we'll talk to Tom about this when he comes in, you, I wonder what would have happened had they got a goal. They had a couple of chances. Do you think it would have changed the dynamic of the game? Or yeah, you just got Chelsea a, would have just gone out another, got another, gear. another no, they goal. Would, they were so superior. I don't often think that about Chelsea, but they were really superior. Mm. I, I, yeah, they threatened, they huffed and puffed a bit, but they never really changed. I mean, Chelsea had 22 shots on target for mm. their on goal for their six attempts, you know. So I, I thought generally they're well worth the win, you know. And your lot started well. Well, yeah, they um, they rode their luck a bit at times uh, yesterday against Wolves, but they still managed to get the result. They had their chances as well. Of course, Kane came mm. on, which added to the circus, and we'll be chatting about that a little bit later on. All the stories suggesting City are going to have one more try, one more tilt at getting the well, man. Well, they're they, wasting their time unless they pay the money. Yeah, <laughs> if they come up, if they come up with a worthwhile figure, then yeah. it might tempt the chairman. But as it stands, it, that now looks unlikely, doesn't it? Well, so we'll too see. late, I think. 
And uh, the VARs were on better form than the refs. We'll talk about this with Mark Housley. But uh, I saw that Jar- Jared Gillette had to overrule David Coote. Mm. And I was just thinking, I hope he didn't tear his hair out about it, because you wouldn't want that, would you? No, no, you, you, you <laughs> certainly wouldn't, as, as the old <laughs> saying goes. Exactly. Uh, from Coventry City, it's great to see um, fan Catty Darbo playing so well. Who's the favourite player of? <laughs> oh, Jared, the Crankies. The Crankies, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> he, was the, he was a Chelsea kid, didn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And so Jeff Hurst is selling the third car with a 66 number plate. And, uh, you know, they had a, a Ferrari 5 50 sold that for about 150 grand according to the papers. Oh. Although there was a, a blemish to Jeff's driving when he had to deny crossing the central reservation. Yes. But Roger Hunt, of course, swore that he did, and I've gone on that for 20 years. You certainly <laughs> have. That's it. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Yeah. Uh, I did a spectacularly managed to annoy a large queue of people waiting for coffee this morning. Oh, okay. What did you do? I was just, the woman made it for me, and just I was about to put the lid on it I just knocked the whole lot over <laughs> brilliant well but, that's kind of your fault isn't um, it it was yeah but um, it was, it was so quite, how many people were waiting behind you more than usual so yeah. I had to apologise to all of them and I had to say to her you, you make the coffee while I clean up Oh, it's ridiculous. So is it, I mean... I've, what a great to, start to my day. Yeah. So you're trying to push the lid on, I just, are you? I was just trying to put it on and I just flicked it over, which is quite... Cack-handed, as they say. <laughs> what can you do? Well, something else you've taken to having every day, because you are a bit mm. of a victim in this sort of thing, you're on uh, Jar Kombucha. Not not a young Chelsea player, <laughs> Coventry are looking to sign, um, but you're, you're having you're on the com, the passion fruit kombucha every day. I thought it may help day. my gut health. Really? Well, anything that does that is good for us in this <laughs> confined space. It's got to be good, isn't it? Yeah. So um, <laughs> let's have some annoying the queue stories, Andy. So well, did they look visibly annoyed, or did they have well, I, any? I'd be annoyed. Any if, sympathy? I'd be, I'd be very angry if I was kept away because you know coffee. The thing is, you can't hurry a good coffee. You ask really? any barista. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. It takes time. You you can't make coffee quickly. It's just a physical impossibility. Okay. How long, is it, how long do you expect then? About 20 minutes? Well, it's, it's at least 20 to 30 seconds for it to draw through the oh, system. Right, yeah, yeah. And you've got to whoosh the milk. Then you've got to sort of do the thing where you get a nice pattern on the top. Oh, yeah. You know, you've got to take the You money. insist on that, do you? Well, I don't insist on I'll it. Take it I'll take it this wasn't in McDonald's. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Although, <laughs> McDonald's coffee is supposed to be yes, I know, very yeah, highly rated. We're talking yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. So where's the jar kombucha? You're not going to shout, pull my finger now, are you? How's it working out for you, the job? I've only had it's only my second one. I can't, I wouldn't like to say at this stage. I'll, okay. give, you, I'll give you a full report and pictures. Do. Yeah, that's <laughs> a later let's date. Cross now to Andy Jacobs, <laughs> the jar kombucha. Was, also, it's interesting. I was watching the, the 100 final. I really enjoyed it. We're going to chat about that later. And uh, I was watching it on Sky because I'm kind of <clears> used to the Sky and the commentary and <clears> everything. But I thought during the timeout, I flipped to Tuffers and Vaughney. Yeah. And it was. The atmosphere was completely different on Sky. I don't know why. Maybe because they were in a pod and they, and they. But it sounded like the Tuffers and Co. sounded like they were in a cupboard. It's really, really <laughs> weird. Anyway, oh, okay. I enjoyed Fair it. Enough. I think it's been a big success. Well, yeah, uh, Paul Newman from the Mail was, was not a fan uh, at, at the outset. He did worry that those funds could have been better. Um, put elsewhere in the world of cricket, but it yeah. hasn't affected the test team, thank goodness. No, it's good. We, we've <laughs> complete the Red Bull game has not been affected okay, at all. I, think, I was watching Match of the Day and mm. I was actually reading some nonsense about somebody was saying it was out. I still really enjoy. It. I think it's still a really good wrap up show for, oh, yeah. for the week. Excellent. I, excellent, but I do think Gary should lose that goatee. 
because the middle two inches is so much darker, the sort of two-inch square under his nose, and we all know that's quite... I'll say Charlie Chaplin, yeah. to be kind. <laughs> Although that's not what you're thinking of. No, I'm not. Do you know what, Andy? I've never noticed that. You have a look next time. I've never noticed It's not good, because the rest of it's so wispy. So in that big wide shot, you think, blimey, that moustache... Oh, it's all right. It's just, it's, just, it's <laughs> grey everywhere not, else. Not Is that what it, it, what it looks like? Then he had like. a guy that sort of... We sort of mentioned Graham Potter's beard, I think. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything about anybody's beard. Oh, Andy, I've not had anybody getting... We've had, well, 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 I'm pleased to say, I, I mentioned last week how disappointed I was as, as a kind of nouveau glasses wearer. Uh, time has caught up with me, and you've worn them for years. Mm. That um, I'm sure spectacles wearer of the year, either in Germany or England, uh, Jürgen Klopp, um, has, has, has done away with them. The laser eye surgery. I'm getting used to it now. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the Sunday Times did a, a sort of box out in their sports section. They got one of their fashion writers to look at it, saying football fans and fashion commentators are disappointed. Toby Attridge, the head of design at Taylor Morris, the London-based luxury eyewear brand, he had this to say. <laughs> did he really? Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. He says, it's always sad to see someone step away from the bespectacled life. Oh. Uh, if that's what it's... Glasses change how you look at the world, how the world sees you. They become as important to your style as your haircut. Um, the thing is, I do have some sympathy because if you're standing on a touchline and it's pouring... If you wear glasses and it pours with rain, yeah. Yeah, it affects your chances to see what's... What about got, wearing a mask, steaming up? Yeah, exactly. He's got to watch what's going on. And if someone offers him the chance to do away with those, um, then it's understandable. I, I reckon but, that's what drove him to it. I think probably. it probably was. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. He did drive a lot of people but I mean, he, he did. He, he could have done it along. To be honest, I mean, look at the old Hampsteads. It, it's a bit of vanity as well. Really, yeah. he's had the teeth done. He's oh, got you know, rid of the glasses. You're on telly every week. You know, you, you, you think it's best. I suppose you? you do. Really, it's not so, like yeah. radio. You know, but, we, what you're well, you've like really let yourself go. I mean, we can all see that. <laughs> despite <laughs> did John you notice Kambucha. in the hundred? Did you notice the the trophies and medals were kind of. Trophiesmedals.com. Yeah, never say that. still paying out. It's still paying out. Mm. We're, we're just an H. Did you see that? Yeah. But it really reminded me of Arnold Rimmer in Red Dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> they should have invited him along. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time then to take a look back over all the games in the Premier League. We haven't got long. It's a whistle stop, but uh, we'll do it in the company of broadcaster West Ham fan. He's, uh, he's off to uh, the West Ham Stadium tonight. Tom Rennie, Tom, good to see you. Great to be back here. Looking forward to being back at the Bowl of Disappointment tonight. It's well, going to be good. No, you were saying you were at the Tottenham City game last week and yeah, the noise yeah. levels were up. And it, it, it'll be like that tonight. I think that, that that first game back in your own place after all this time, it'll, it'll be I very hope so. I hope so. I mean, to be fair, Spurs have built a kind of roof and stadium that works for football, whereas I don't know whether that... You know, football's greatest song. I am forever blowing bubbles. Will will work so much in uh, in that environment of the Olympic know, Stadium? Get, I mean, I've been there when the West Ham fans get behind the team. It's pretty loud still. It's it's all right. It's all right. The trouble is for me now is I've been back to Tottenham and I loved it so much. That, and I went to Arsenal yesterday. And you know, there's stadiums built for football and there's stadiums that aren't. I'm trying. No, I'm true. trying. I'm trying to be positive. But as you know, it isn't really my style. Well, let's go uh, back to uh, yesterday. And uh, you know, you've got a bit of distance on it. Andy's got skin in the game I mean what did you make of it if you were an Arsenal fan would you be concerned or are you taking into account they got a lot of regulars out the side players are bedding in etc I'd be massively concerned mm. I'd be massively concerned if I was Arsenal at this point I don't think it's worth having a conversation about Arteta's got to go you know we'll leave that to callers to do 
and mm. um, other presenters. We're a better show here. Um, <laughs> I, I think the issue here is that what you saw yesterday was one manager, Thomas Tuchel, at the absolute top of his game, who has got an incredible, incredible squad. Lukaku has made such a big difference. He bullied those two defenders to an embarrassing level in the game. Don't go touch tight to Lukaku, Mari. People are screaming it. Don't go touch tight. Give him the full arm. If he turns, you can follow him. He just kept turning him. It was embarrassing. And you saw a manager in Mikel Arteta who was a micromanager. But what's he micromanaging? Mm. Like, what is he doing in the game? In, that, in the match, first half an hour especially, everyone is going, Rhys James is free here. Rhys James mm. remains free. He's still free. They're going to give it to Rhys James. Mm. They should do something about it. And he was doing nothing about mm. it. And I would expect a coach of a Premier League team, I know there's like 900 coaches now, your left-back coach, your right-back coach, mm -hmm. your throwing coach, mm. you know, the main coach, the head coach, which I think he insisted upon being his title, you think he would have gone, maybe go 3-5-2, maybe drop Saka back, maybe put someone on James. They're better than us. And he did this when he first came in, when he got great results, when he won the FA Cup. He went defensive. He organised the team really well. I think I was on with you at some point where I said that he seemed to have taken more off David Moyes than he has from Guardiola, which I think was very <laughs> true. true last yeah, year. Yeah. And now I'm not sure what he's trying to do. He tried to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with this Chelsea team with Sambi Lokonga. Good luck to you. <laughs> no, it's true. It's, it's, it's incredible, really. I thought at times Arsenal were just lumping it. I mean, it was a strange performance and we were saying how many players in the Arsenal team would get into the Chelsea team and Tierney possibly and Smith-Rowe on the bench but not much more at the, mo at the moment. I think that the team would be generous. I would say there's nobody in the Arsenal squad from yesterday who would make the Chelsea bench. You know, and that's that says a lot about Chelsea and how great the squad building has been and, and how good they have been and, and Marina Granovskaya has been building this squad. She's done a fantastic job to build what they have but you look at the Chelsea bench from yesterday. Thiago Silva walked into the Arsenal team. And Golo Conte, not worth a conversation. Timo mm. Werner, of course, better than everyone Arsenal are currently playing. Who is following Balogun? Will we ever know? Um, <laughs> Trevor Chalobah, better than every defender they've got. Kurt Zuma, better every defender they've got. Hudson-Odoi, Chilwell, Ziyech. So which Arsenal player gets on the bench in front of them? Maybe Leno on the bench instead of Kepa, but I think that's a toss of a coin. Mm, Apart mm. from that, the, the gap is enormous. And considering Arsenal are the biggest spenders in this transfer window, you know, look at the players they have brought in. Who are the players they brought in? Get on the Chelsea bench. Yeah. Ben White may be at a push if they sell Zuma. That's about it. So the gap is enormous. It's what we expected. Everyone knew Chelsea were going to win. Everyone thought Chelsea were going to win. But but watching Arsenal and the way they played and the lack of any understandable identity, that was the concern. And, and it looked a bit like, you know, I'm a West Ham fan, as you know, and when we go into these sorts of games over the years, you have your 15-minute adrenaline push. And we might get a goal and we might get to hold on for an hour or so. They had that, but when the adrenaline went and Lukaku scored... It looked like a team that may well be competing with Aston Villa, Everton for 11th, and a team that could win everything. And that's what it looked like. I think Everton will finish higher than 11th. <laughs> we'll come to that. <laughs> so should we come on to uh, Southampton? Oh, you're going to do that one first. Okay, yeah, still yeah, sure. Southampton versus Manchester United. And Adam Armstrong had a chance at the end. He could have nicked it. It was a good save by De Gea. But I wonder what we learned about United's title credentials from that game then. I think we learnt that um, the central midfield still needs work. You know, they've tried yesterday was, was Fred and Matic. They've tried the whole McSauce thing and McTominay and Fred. You know, there's, there's an absence of a brilliant player in that role. When Varane comes in, they'll go one holding midfielder, but which one of that three do you pick? 
I thought it would be McTominay, but now he's not in the team, mm. and they're trying out Matic again, which is odd. For me, yeah, I, doesn't make McTominay sense. McTominay had a good season last year. I think I think he is the, the one that's probably closest to development in terms of Declan Rice, which I think is the player that everyone seems to be thinking they're going to get next year, and they're probably right as well in that. Um, but then the Martial thing makes no sense. You know, every time I look at Anthony Martial, I think of the movie Mean Girls, because they keep trying to make Fetch happen. Stop trying to make Fetch happen, Gretchen. It's not going to happen. Stop trying to make Martial happen. I don't know what he does. I don't know where he plays. I don't know what's good about him. I don't know what's bad about him. I don't know if he's bothered. So they've spent a lot of money, Man United. They didn't need Sancho. They didn't need him. They've got players who can do that role. They needed centre-forward, and they needed defensive central midfield. Cavani was a miss yesterday. He makes such a difference for them. Absolutely, but he is going to be a last 20-minute player. The season's going to be massively long for Manchester United, and we saw last year from the bench, last 20, fantastic. The talent is still there. As we all know, the knees go. And Mm. so you get that brilliant 20 minutes, someone else has got to do it. If they'd have brought Declan Rice and Harry Kane, for example, just two names plucked out of the air, I think they would compete for the title. Without those two players, it's Fred, McTominay, Cavani, Martial, fourth. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. That's about 250 millions worth it. Don't worry about it. It's nice of you to spend the Glazers' money like that. Yeah. Well, someone's got to. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I think it's going to be interesting to see what Spurs do this year because they could surprise a few people. That's a decent start. Probably they could better surprise than me initially. Yeah, yeah. because I, I think people were pretty unenthusiastic when Nuno yeah. got the job. He's getting, a, he's getting a tune out of players. I mean, you've seen it with Deli Alley, who's playing in a very different role but seems to be enjoying it. He's getting about the pitch. He, the run he made to draw the penalty was the sort of run he was making when he was on it Steven Bergwijn he's, he's getting a tune out of him mm. um, you know he's even Sanchez he's you know they were under the cosh a bit yesterday it could have been very different had Traore been a, a better finisher yeah. but it's two um, weeks running he's done there isn't it yeah Missed I mean there's some one. story linking Traore to Tottenham they're saying they're going to take him on loan I'm sure Wolves are really open <laughs> to a loan deal with a view to buying him for 40 million I'm thinking where did that come from but um, yeah again what do, you, what do you think we learned about both sides yesterday Tom? Well, I think we learned about Wolves is that they're going to take 15 weeks for us to find out exactly what Bruno Large <coughs> actually wants from this team incredibly offensive in two games and didn't <laughs> score a goal so where's your issue your issue is that we don't know if Jimenez is going to come back as the same player. We hope he does, but mm. I don't know. And Adama Traore can't shoot, mm. which I think we knew anyway. You know, his goal-scoring record is pitiful for a player of his incredible technical ability. So, you know, they might turn him into a like Antonio and Nautovic sort of con- converted centre-forward at some point. But, uh, you know, you've got to be out of score. And the, 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 the one-on-ones, he doesn't look confident. The finishes are poor. The saves are, are perfectly average. You know, you look at Adam Armstrong against Everton or Neil Mope this weekend for Brighton. That's a bloke who could score one-on-one. Mm. Uh, and and Traore can't do it. So so Wolves, I'll reserve judgment for a few weeks. I think we all probably should because they're going to change from this kind of ultra-negative Nuno style they've had for a few years to what he's going to be, seemingly an offensive coach. For Tottenham, I mean, I didn't see this game in four. I went last week, though, to the Man City game, and I thought that Mm. that front three Mm. was brilliant. You know, last year, despite Harry Kane being sensational, and, you know, if you can keep Kane, you keep Kane, obviously. But Bergwijn, Mora and Son, the movement between those three is fantastic. And that's what everyone's doing now. You know, everyone sort of moved away from the centre-forward holds Mm. it up and brings others into play. Mm. One or two are dropping off. Chelsea have just spent 97 million to do that. But he isn't a target man, Lukaku. You know, he he can flick on, and he is Mm. big, obviously, but he's best when he is able to spin players, which Son can do, which Bergwijn can Mm. do. Uh, Lukaku is a more rounded player than, like, what Andy Carroll 
would be in that sort of role. Yeah, yeah. I always compare negatively to old West Ham players. Have you noticed this? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. I, did, I have liked some of them down the years. I yeah. think, but in short, I think Spurs actually look quite good, and yeah. they look defensively better. I like the midfield. I love Oliver Skip and Deli Alley. I think as well. I'd be so happy to see him get good again. Because what Mourinho did to him, you know, the Mourinho bullying of players thing, it's a nonsense. It's never worked positively for anybody. And I felt desperately sorry for him for a long time, as I think most people did. But the talent is still there. Mm. Last week, I mm. think he put an incredible effort in against Man City, but didn't really offer a great deal as an effective footballer. This week, we saw a bit more of the effective footballer we used to have. And, you know, if one good thing comes out of this season for Spurs, if they do lose Cambridge, I don't think they will. I think it will be Deli Alley is back in their first team again and he can be the embodiment of that team mm. which he used to be the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. We're now going to chat about a new initiative that's been done with the blessing of uh, Chelsea via their supporters' trust. It's called Over the Line, mental health support and advice, getting Chelsea fans over the line to a better place. Two of the men behind it have joined us in the studio. Uh, Paul Chudgy and also uh, Michael Volpe, OBE, uh, since we last oh, 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 saw him. Oh, yes, congratulations. We should, yeah, and thanks. doffing of the cap. Yeah. Uh, Michael's been in before to see us. He's made some great films, short films, introducing uh, unlikely audiences to the world uh, of opera. Um, uh, good afternoon, guys. Good to see good you. Afternoon. Lovely good to see afternoon. Good afternoon, James. So, Michael, how did, how, did, how did your involvement come into place? And tell us a little bit more about Over the Line. Well, uh, ch- Chichi and a uh, chap called Cliff, who's the chairman of Chelsea Supports Trust, had been talking about this issue, I think it was, for a long time mm. and knew that I was involved in things like crisis counselling and I had an interest in mental health issues and they just said, would you like to be involved? So mm. uh, I, I 
said yes, it would yeah. be great, and and that's kind of where it started. You have a sort of professional angle I, I on do, this yeah, call, Paul. don't you, as well? Well, I mean, as, as, as Michael said, I mean, Cliff Auger, who's the chairman of the Trust, has, has had an interest in it. I think, you know, so many people have, you know, it's touched people's lives, people struggling with mental health. And I know this firsthand because I've been a, a counsellor in private practice for about the last six years. So I see it every every week. So I was delighted. I mean, I've been involved with the Trust since it started in 2013 anyway, but I was delighted to get involved with this because it's really, really, really important. Mm. Yeah. It's improving. There's so much stuff now. Yeah. I imagine that most men even if they are going through a tough time, must be aware that there's help available. Do you know, you say that. I've, you've, you, you sent me a survey. You did a, uh, yeah. a survey. Yeah. Um, and it, you admitted it's not a sort of scientific survey. No. You, you sounded out Chelsea fans via sure. all the different social media Absolutely. outlets and yeah. forums. But some of the findings are quite worrying, aren't they? <laughs> they I mean, are, yeah. Percentage of people that have been in a place where, quite a high percentage, 38% of people that, that, that said to you guys that, they'd even considered taking their own lives, um, uh, had not sought help afterwards. Yeah, you know, So you right. get to that stage, exactly. but then you don't think, well, I haven't got enough of a problem to go and see yeah. a doctor or get help. But I think that's the biggest problem, though, isn't it, Michael? Because I think, you know, obviously we're targeting, targeting this at men of a certain age, which is, you know, middle-aged men, to be honest, which, of course, is it makes up most of our season ticket holders, doesn't it, Andy? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think... I'm glad you think I'm still middle-aged. Well, I'm being kind, Andy. What, you know, what more, more, more do you want? Yeah, but, well, yeah, that's good. But, you know, they... The, the trouble is with men is that and I speak as one obviously is that we, we like to think that we can cope and we don't like to think that we're weak or we're vulnerable mm. so we like to just carry on muddling on through and actually as you, as you said Paul there are many instances where you just hit that wall and you can't yeah. and that's why really we set this up because it's really to make people aware that there is help available this is where you can go and it's, it's, there's no shame in doing it and demonstrating using the experience of of other Chelsea fans, the people that yeah. they know or yeah. identify with. You know, a lot of people who saw Mark's film, uh, for example, and there are mm. films on the website, were genuinely, because he's worked very well known, Mark, yeah, you know, amongst the Chelsea fans. Mm. And, and they were like, crikey, I, I, I really didn't know you were... He spoke Struggling very well. It was very adequate. Well, yeah, we're going yeah. to play you a bit, then. As Mark is, as you say, is a bit of a Chelsea face. A lot of Chelsea fans will yeah. will know him, and he was very upfront. You've made some videos that are on the website. We'll pass the details out uh, before we finish up. But this is what this is a kind of sample of what Mark had to say about the way he was feeling. There was a day I was out on my own, and it was raining. I was in the park. I just sat down, and I. I, I I started screaming, just get away from me. And I was just thinking, I'm, I'm going mad. I'm having some kind of breakdown here. Um, and I was also thinking I've had enough. And I just thought, what, do you know what, what's the point? Would anyone notice if I never came back? You know, would, would I be better off out of this? Would my daughter have a better life without me in the state I am? You know, what future have I got? I really couldn't, I couldn't process the future. I couldn't envisage myself getting out of the hole that I was in. Wow, yeah, that was yeah. a Chelsea fan. And you do wonder whether, I mean, that the whole period of isolation around the pandemic has not helped people's no. mental health. I think with football fans as well, not being over yeah. to go to the games, that euphoria that you get once or twice yeah. a week, that camaraderie you get, being yeah. part of yeah. a bigger part of this this sort of club Absolutely. that you love. And I think people, yeah. that, that has fed into it, hasn't it? 
in much yeah. well, without without yeah. a doubt i mean you know lockdown i think has brought to the surface a lot of stuff that people perhaps were completely unaware that was hanging around for them and as, as you said paul i mean it, it's about belonging and of course the one thing that's happened in lockdown is we've been forced to isolate mm. and avoid and that's the worst thing that you can do so you know i, I mean i've my, my client list has doubled in the last year really? during the lockdown yeah. yeah would you say that most people if they were honest have suffered some form of anxiety mm. or depression in their life? Well, every one of that survey had. Yeah. And that's... I think it's incredibly common. And, yeah. And exactly. Yeah, and 62% of everybody who answered that survey said they didn't believe they had a mental health issue. Mm. And on average, of those that said they didn't, there was 1.6 symptoms, if you like. Mm. And 13% of them had more than three and still thought, I don't have a mental health problem. And I think part of the problem is people think to qualify as having a mental health problem, yeah. you have to have a serious mental illness or condition or psychosis or something. No. Uh, yeah. And I think there's a language issue here that maybe yeah. mental health charities and organisations need to work on. It, it's it, You don't have to be con even contemplating suicide to mm -hmm. have a, 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 a problem that yeah. could be helped mm -hmm. and i think amongst fellas blokes geezers mm -hmm. you know the football blokes it's an even bigger problem because you know it is better i mean it is better and the fact that people like mark and andy the other one and uh, several others that yeah, we've spoken to so. have kind of gone do you know what I, I am suffering it and i am struggling and i'm gonna do something about it mm -hmm. and since those films came out that We've had a lot of messages of people who said, you know, I'm going to go and see my GP tomorrow. I'm going to... I accept it's okay to have this problem yeah. that I've got. Okay, I'm not contemplating taking my own life or anything as profound as that. Hmm. But I am finding it tough. And I've got to do something about that. And and that's really what over the line is just trying to get you to that point. Just to that point. What yeah. what you do after that, we can't we can't do for you. And uh, but you at least have a moment where you say, actually, I might have an issue. Mm. Would you would you like Paul uh, over the line to be a kind of springboard for other clubs to use it as like an umbrella? Uh, I mean, it's Chelsea well, related. Now. I mean, uh, Paul, that's kind of happening. I mean, we, we took inspiration from Sunderland, who actually have gone a, a step for, well, have been able to go a step further than us because they actually offer a, a walk-in hub on a match day, mm -hmm. which I think is an excellent really? idea. Yeah. yeah. And there are other trusts that are doing kind of similar ideas as well. I mean, you know, in, in the talks that we had with Chelsea, who, who have been absolutely brilliant, actually, they've yeah. been incredibly supportive. Mm. But, you know, for... for typical kind of legal reasons they didn't want to go that far so they want to kind of see how this works first up and you know we're delighted that they're supporting it but I think you know under the umbrella of the, the Football Supporters Association who I know are very big on mental health as well you'll probably see a lot more things like this happening with a lot of other clubs yeah, yeah. and we'll be I mean listen it, it, it's badged Chelsea you know we, we're doing it for Chelsea fans but mm. any bloke or Chelsea fan could go yeah, to our exactly. website and, and take advantage of the resources we highlight there. That's, I mean, really what it is, a very quick, you can get through the website in about five minutes. It's it's really very simple. Mm. It, it, it just puts in front of you the concept that actually, do you know what, if you're feeling a bit like this, 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 or this, you might have a mental health problem. And then this is what you can do. Here's what it might look like. And here's the experience of others. And just that five-minute walkthrough and it's the way we design the site because people don't sit reading hours and hours of stuff. Is 
to make it as simple as possible. And and you, your investment in this process can be a very cheap one, if you mm. see what I mean, at the beginning. And that's that's what we thought was the best way to go about doing it. And we don't offer advice. We're not a crisis service. There are lots of services we point people to. If you're having a big, bad moment, we'll give you lots of advice and numbers and phone numbers of people you can call and whatever. We're not in that space yet. And as Chidge said about the, the club, you know, they're... They they have been brilliant actually, and and that's to their credit. Yeah, definitely. and they, but they're saying, look, we 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 can't go out there and support a counselling service or people that physically do the work and the treatments, yeah. and that's not what we want to be. Despite Chidge, but we've got a a little panel of really great advisors. We've got consultants, psychiatrists, as well as people like Chidge, who kind of help us point us at resources that might be useful and go through the stuff. So it's a very, you know, it's a very solid space, if you like. We, you know, people talk about calling it a service. It's really an initiative. It's a safe space for people mm. to explore that. Mm. Uh, and people who are very nervous about exploring it, which are blokes and Chelsea fans and football fans. Yeah, I mean, women do find it easier, don't they, to talk about their feelings and... They do. Yeah, when you, I mean, obviously, when you look for responses from all the social media outlets, it was predominantly men who came back. To you. There was. were some women as well, weren't there? Yeah, we did. Ten percent of the respondees were women, and and it was quite because we have these norms and and assumptions about the the extent of male uh, uh, suicide, for example. But actually, amongst our women, and, and this is why we had to be wary because it was self-selecting. So we had a lot of women who came forward, and we're going to be making a couple of films with some mm. Chelsea women, uh, female Chelsea fans. But th- actually, their 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 uh, the profoundness of their particular issues was actually higher as a percentage. But we were wary of trying to create some new sort of narrative about about female mental health, which I don't think has quite changed to the extent ours showed. I think that was because I think we could be more reliably informed mm. by the. The number of men that answered the yeah. survey, yeah, but but, not, but, but they were they, there was a lot, quite a lot of them as a number who came mm. through. Yeah, I mean, we you know there isn't a checklist for this sort of thing, Paul. But if there are people listening this afternoon that that, that maybe feel oh, I've got a bit of a problem, but you know, should I go and see my GP? Should I do this? Should I do that? Are there are there sort of telltale signs that maybe suggest that that they should? Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you, I mean, I think actually a lot of the questions in the survey pointed to that. It's, it's difficulty dealing with your emotions, uh, not sleeping well. That's a classic because that's really yeah. your unconscious trying to work out. And that was incredibly high in the incredible. survey, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just feeling low, you know, of, of, of fluctuating moods, that kind of thing. Anger's a good one. You know, when you're shouting at people and you don't know why you're shouting them. I mean, it's okay to shout at people when you do know why, obviously, but mm. when you do it, when you don't, then there's probably a problem. And not dealing with simple day-to-day yeah, things definitely. is a really common thing. You know, you that email from the gas board is is driving you insane. You, it seems like a mountain, you know, and overreacting yeah. to sort of fairly Small basic, stuff. mundane issues yeah. in life. I mean, it's the list is pretty endless, but anxiety, I've... It was very high. It was just behind sleepless stress uh, in there. Yeah. I think anxiety may even be higher than depression. I, I, yeah. was, I would say so. It, it was in, yeah. in the survey, yes. I mean, uh, particularly now. I mean, you know, the, the, the whole thing about the lockdown, I think, has ramped up people's anxiety no end. I mean, even people who don't normally suffer from anxiety. Hmm. I mean, I was the other week. I mean, the first kind of game I went to in 18 months 
And I hadn't really been out much since then. Yeah. I went to the, the Trent, uh, Trent Bridge Test match as well. And for the whole week before, I was feeling really anxious. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah. why am I feeling... Oh, right, yeah, yeah. lockdown and stuff. Mm. Sure. And anxiety is one of those things that can be... At the top end is kind of blind panic attacks, yeah. which have the enormous physical uh, impact on you. Or that sort of low level. And a lot of people are unaware that that's what it is. Mm. You know, it, sometimes the revelation when you talk to people, and I talk to people on a crisis line, so they tend to come through when they're at a pretty dangerous point. Yeah, But even so, some people, you just say the word anxiety and they might say, well, oh, is that what you think it is? Mm. And so you think, okay, right. So you know where you are in that and then mm. you can talk through it's a, it's remarkable how, and this is a real cliche, just talking about it. Sure. Yeah. Just well, talking uh, go and go and check out overtheline.uk. All yeah, the details are there. Good advice. This yeah. is yeah. Look, obviously it's a Chelsea Supporters Trust and the Club Initiative, but as you said, it's open to everybody. And and the advice on it and uh, some of the things you might consider uh, are all available there on the website. And let's hope sort of more clubs roll this out yeah, so thanks well good thank to see you, you both thank you and you take too. care we'll yeah, catch really up good. with you soon brilliant. thanks Cheers. very much uh, Paul Tizzi and uh, Michael Volpe there from Over the Line the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast Ben Jacobs here on TalkSport. Now he was telling us uh, earlier on he went to buy a coffee and couldn't get the uh, lid on uh, and spilt it everywhere and uh, held up everybody in the queue and then apologised to everybody in the queue. Max Rushton said, uh, read the coffin, because this was the problem. Um, Jeff Peters of uh, Birthday Spread fame, our man in the East Midlands, thought you'd said you went to buy a coffin, you couldn't get the lid on. i buy my own coffin. But I'll leave that to my family. Max says, read the coffin. Could Andy hang around for three more years if possible to suit my current life plan? And I think he's claiming to be the first uh, success story from the Ian Botham uh, export role. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I think he's Max uh, brokered Max's deal. But if uh, the days you held up the queue and why, it's always a joy, isn't it, when you know you are to blame. Mm. So, uh, how did the queue take to it? Did they? Well, they were, were they quite kind, actually, kinder than really? I would have been. <laughs> yeah. Had I been in the queue? Yeah, of course. Come mm. on, mate. Can't you even get the lid on a coffee? Is probably what you would have. I said. would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Any any else you want to say? Uh, the, have you seen the Vincent Company statue? Yeah. And uh, it's going to be unveiled this week. And there was a... <laughs> the Sun do love a mock-up. Mm. There was a wonderfully pointless mock-up of uh, how a company might look as a statue. It's basically a picture of Vincent Company, sort of grey. You normally get to see... Uh, you normally get to see, like, uh, the early stages of it. So do, do the City he's fans seen, know... Well, he's seen the pencil drawings, or the yeah. sketches, as they would call them. Okay. And... Uh, <laughs> The whole, we were talking about this because we're trying to get the uh, sculptor on later in the week. Yeah. The thing is with football sculptures, they're either going to be like Tom Finney, which is the most wonderful thing hmm. outside Deepdale, or it's, you know, like Cristiano Ronaldo, they're like really pathetic, they don't look anything like laughable. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, it's hopefully. A, there is a real responsibility, isn't there, for the for the sculptors who do these, really? Yeah. This is a guy called Andy Scott, and I'm sure he's very good. He has a, a fine track record, so... Um, I don't think you can go for artistic Im- impression, you know. You, I think you have to actually produce an accurate likeness yeah. if you're going to do a statue of somebody. You can't really turn and say, this is, well, this is very much how I see, because <laughs> they're doing Aguero and David, <coughs> David Silver as well, aren't mm. they? So we'll see those in the fullness of time. But, yeah, we'll try and catch up with the sculptor if we can a little bit later in the week and uh, and find out more about it. Ralph Harsenhutl, a swap... <sighs> Harsenhutl, yeah, Hootenhartel, as we like to call did him. Did you, did you, did you like the look? Yesterday? Well, he swapped his wetsuit mm. for a mm. waistcoat. I'm not sure myself. 
I yeah. used to like that sort of tight look, but uh, I think he obviously felt that it wasn't Well, lucky. he was, looked like he was wearing a wetsuit, that very, very tight <laughs> black tracksuit. He's moved <laughs> away from there. He's moved. Poor start to the season for Torquay, I'm afraid, for our producer. Yeah, they were 2-0 down after 20 minutes, no, I understand. There, so really, welcome, so what can you do? welcome back. And uh, it's good. Oh, it was the Beachy Head World Championship Penny Farthing Hill Climb. And East Sussex. I can't believe I missed it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, that must top... be hard on a penny farthing, isn't it? Climbing oh God, yeah. really proper. Yeah. There was a nice uh, piece in the Sun today catching up with John Williams, the mm. uh, the flying postman. Uh, yes, that's history. right. He's Coventry, always known as that. Coventry City. And yeah. apparently it was, it was Alan uh, Parry that he, uh, John was saying, Alan Parry dubbed me the flying postman and it stuck throughout my career. I mean, he did. He had actually worked for the post office. Yeah, that's, I, I guess that. From, Obviously, from the name. Well, so it could have been and that they you showed, always delivered. They showed a photo from the actual event. Can you imagine them doing that now? That's never yeah. going to happen now, is it? Was a, that a Wembley? A Wembley it? final in front of. The, imagine it's the League Cup final, and they say it's City as usual winning it against yeah. whoever. <laughs> turns up to be turns knocked over, lose. Yeah, that's in the, in the final, mm. and uh, suddenly you know there's uh, I don't know Deli Alley. Romelu Lukaku and uh, all having a race. Bruno Fernandes like all having a, a race. Like it's a school sport. <laughs> Ridiculous. I mean, yeah. This Never going to happen. This now. is still Premier League era. But I, I mean, know. you know, players have just got. I just, they, they just, just before, w- I think, 92. I was in 92. Mm. I mean, agents often probably wouldn't let them do that. Uh, would they? So that's the issue there. So anyway, um, still to come this afternoon, we'd love to hear from you, reasons you held up the queue and the fallout from it. Uh, Andy just couldn't get a lid on the coffee. T- take, as he often he, to, he goes to this place downstairs. and Even and, I'm thinking it's lid on the coffin. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he couldn't get his lid on his coffin. And uh, it's like Dracula. And he spilled it everywhere and then the old queue because they had to make him another coffee. They charge you for the coffee you spilled. You're a regular there. I'm a regular. That would be, be poor. You're, you're they remember me from the early days of the pandemic. What a clutch I was, you I was are. supportive. I was in the queue at the Dartford Tunnel due to an overheight, uh, uh, due to an overnight overheight vehicle, bemoaning the fact that whoever was causing the hold-up was an idiot. As we shuffled forwards, it was me. Uh, that was the truck <laughs> that was too tall. Says Trucker Timmy. He caused the problems. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Sort of. Uh, these are some old clips from 2007 that appeared on some dusty mini discs, as we told you before. They've been digitised expertly by our producer on his old mini disc player from back in the day. <laughs> and uh, we've got well, we've got about 14 for you. And oh, we've not heard these since February 2007. Uh, you know... Well, uh, hopefully they'll work out. Let's find out. We start with Adam Brazil kicking off another breakfast show in his own inimitable style. Good morning. Nine minutes past nine o'clock. Welcome to Adam Brazil's Sports Breakfast. Pardon? That must be Cheltenham, isn't it? I think it's uh, yeah, got a bit of a Cheltenham feel to it. My throat. Yeah. Oh On a similar note, here's Mike Parry also losing the power of speech. Text costs £1 and standard network charges apply. Keep listening because we'll be bringing... Better <laughs> <laughs> cloth, etc. Sticking with Mr. Parry and his struggles with the letter B, here he is talking to a boot manufacturer. Okay, so uh, so you have a commercial interest in bringing black black boots. Bubble? <laughs> bringing back black boots. <laughs> oh, I love Tomo, and here he is, racing expert Derek Tomo Thompson on breakfast. 
but he wasn't very happy after the first race yesterday because a horse called Scots Irish won the first race. Mm. So I went up to him and said, you must have been on 25 to 1. Was that Scots or Irish? <laughs> no idea. Really. Right. Or they're just playing it backwards. I'm not quite sure. Oh, Sir Alex Ferguson. <laughs> Here's a very useful sounding Jim Proudfoot, match commentator, taking a call. Stuart's been at St Andrews, a Blues fan. Stuart, good evening. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Instant mash around. Well, oh, Jim didn't sound any different, to be honest. He, no, he sounded good. good, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, newsreader Lisa O'Sullivan now talking rugby. The fly half scored 27 points, including a dubious try in the 40 to 40. Sue twenty win with Twickenham. Oh, okay, beat Twickenham. They're a good side, Twickenham. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're a good team. They are. <laughs> they beat Murrayfield. Oh, okay, a good game. Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, is it you? Um, yeah, it is. I think. And staying with the rugby, this is Alan Brazil talking to um, Irish rugby legend Donald Lennon. Of all those things, really, that's come to fruition with this Irish team. Donald, where's that? Where's that? You. Trousers? That's <laughs> <laughs> very tempting. <coughs> Excuse <Yeah>. me. <laughs> remember, Joe, remember the thing at that time he had, they had Romeo Zondervan on? And yeah. Alan was saying, he said, Romeo, Romeo, where, f-, and he didn't finish, <laughs> where where have you where have you been up to recently? <laughs> just, I thought he was going to go into the full Romeo where and Juliet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, John Gorton now, take, hello, John Gorton now, Ooh. that's appropriate, isn't it? John Gorton now taking a call. Billy in Chessant, are you Billy? What do you want to say? Hi, Billy. Uh, <laughs> just, just a bloke repeating his name back. Yeah. This is the caller raving about TalkSport's very own Sol Campbell. Sol will play. He started the season like a train on fire. It's a bit dark, isn't it, mate? <laughs> Don't really want that. Like a train on fire? <laughs> Blimey, keep it light, for goodness sake. <laughs> Here's Mike Perry again, talking football. There's no way in the world a club that's played so badly all season can suddenly change into a, you know, a, you can't turn, a, you know, a, a pig's ear, what's it, sorry, can't, can't turn a sow's ear into, into a, a rose. You can't, though. What's sow's ear, Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> a sow's ear into a rose. <laughs> Dear me. Back to the lines, and here's a caller talking Chelsea. So I'd just like to make a point that, um, uh, you know, I can remember uh, one of the Chelsea managers, a guy called Hugh Rullett. Hugh oh, well, Good old Hugh Rullett, what a legend of the game he was. <laughs> and sticking with the calls? They, they were supposed to be impregnable at the back, but um, we managed it, and it was typical of the players. <coughs> there we are. Yeah. Perfect. We, we both thought that was people in glass houses. Yes. <laughs> really just put that clip in there. But one there last go. one from Alan Brazil, and here he is interviewing the Miami Dolphins cheers leaders. Cheer, sorry, cheerleaders. <laughs> Cheers. Right. Yeah, are you from Miami? <laughs> I was born and raised in South Florida. South Florida. Yes. What about, where's the famous bar down the Keys at Sloppy Joe's? I have never been. No, she's probably about 18. She's got legally drink now. That's not as bad as the time when he told him to go and look at Lloyd's Insurance. Maritime Insurance, yeah. And that was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, yeah, you must go along there. It's the home of Maritime Insurance. 18-year-old kids. And finally, yeah. it's Mike Perry with a competition. Hi, Stu. You're, you're up tonight, Stuart, against uh, a Chelsea fan from Southend, where they have a pier called John. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> I'm sure it was called Southend Pier. We'll ask Terry Alderton later. Yeah, he's coming up. Hello, uh, John got a new pier. Marvellous. So there we are. I haven't heard them since. There's some all right ones in there, weren't they? They're, 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 not, they're not gold. They're not curated. It's warts and ores they went out in 2007. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see if we can find a few more for you around the same time next week. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
Now, you have to be, I think, a 101-year-old South End United fan to remember him <laughs> as a non-league club, as a Southern League club, because since then, they've been a football league club and spent a lot of it in the old fourth division and mm. obviously yo-yoed second and third, etc., etc. But uh, after a, a fairly tough couple of years, um, they dropped out the league, of course, at the end of uh, last season and went to Kings Lynn at the weekend, not in Kansas anymore, apparently. Uh, but one under Phil Brown. And so we thought uh, we would see what life is like as a non-league football fan for the first time in his life. Uh, comedian, friend of the show, Southend fan and former keeper at Southend on the beach mm. there. Terry Alderton joins us. Hiya, Terry. Yes. Hello, boys. Oh, yes. Yeah. So how, I mean, like, you've never been a non-league football fan. You if you, had, you know, you can't empathise with Charlie Baker and their own John Cadogan and well, people I'm like that talking about non-league not... matters. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not a non-league fan. I'm a Tottenham fan now. <laughs> You're making it worse for no, yourself. Yeah. I know, I know. No, I went, I went to Kings Lynn. It's quite nice for me as well because, of course, usually I'm in Edinburgh doing the festival, so I always miss the opening game. So, mm. me and Young Bo got in the car with my friend Alfie and his friend. Um, that sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? But um, <laughs> we'll got in the car. Does it sound weird? It's probably because no, they're really. got to get there like out of a children's. How else what? can you get there? Well, you yeah. get by well train, I just I remember though. Yeah, the, it doesn't matter because they were like, they're, they're not kids anymore, they're grown up. But that was good. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I'm going down <laughs> the wrong routes here. Jonathan Pierce is listening, by the way. Oh, is he? Well, so, yeah, good afternoon, yeah. JP. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so, what was it like? What was it like? What was it, it was, the, the, the non league experience like to you, Terry? To be fair, um, you know, once you get your snot, snotty, snobby head round it, um, it, was, it was as good fun as it always was, really. I mean, I think they said there was 2,500 people there at Kings Inn, of which I'm sure 2,000 were South End. Right. So we're going to be a bit of a cup final. But what was really funny, it was my favourite bit, is when the Kings Lynn fans were singing, you're not famous anymore. And I thought, <laughs> I never knew that South End United were ever famous. But then I realised that possibly they were singing it to me. Yeah, could be. They might have just spotted you on the big screen if there is such a thing at Kings. Spotted me again. They have a big You're screen at Kings. They're the big screen. Yeah, yeah it's a big 32 screen. They've got a nice. I'm having a look now. They've got a nice stand there. Where where were you? Were you in the main he's stand? In, he's in with the ultras, the South End ultras was, in the away end. I you? was in the C. I was in with the CFC when I was in with the massive. I was there. It's actually official an official photo from the day, and I am actually right in the middle of it. You can wow. see my big baldy head. <laughs> it, the, I think it does, we were talking about this, it kind of cushions the blow if your first game as a non-league club is against a club that used to be a football league club because then you think, oh yeah, we only played them a couple of years ago. But when, with respect, I'm not having a pop at Kings Lynn, but they haven't been a uh, football league club before as far as I remember. And so it, that is a real shock, isn't it? To suddenly find yourself mm-hmm. in uncharted territory football-wise. Totally. And it's that big club mentality that I had to sort of knock that big club mentality chip off my shoulder and mm. uh, and get on with it. Because, you know, you look at the likes of, you know, top of the league, Knox County, aren't they? I mean, you, we can go on and on. Stockport, South End, Stockport next Friday on the telly. How about oh, wow. that? There Fantastic. you go. <laughs> but like, I know, I know, because now we're famous again. <laughs> So but, there was a, um, I said there was a sending off in in your uh, for them in your game was that yes and it was really weird because he played a very fair game this young lad he was he was one of those sort of little blokes that was big does that make sense he was sort of a squat sort of very broad yeah. young lad yeah, yeah. and he played quite a fair game up to that point but I think um, JD had kind of got under his skin a little bit because all of a sudden he's come around and stamped on his foot so. Oh. 
Yeah, no, but yeah. you can't do that. You've got, you've got to look past it, haven't you? But yeah, it was a bit of a shame because Weedle was like, he's played quite a fair game, that young lad. So it was a bit weird that he sort of just mm. suddenly went, right, I'm stamping on your toes now. 4-1, though, as a pretty commanding uh, away victory. And uh, Phil Brown is back, isn't he? He's, so uh, you, uh, did, you, did you catch up with him? I know you know him a bit. Uh, he came over and he gave the fans. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, I, I quite like just being a fan there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I don't keep in touch with everybody there. I, I kind of like just to drop back. Or, although, funny enough, I did play with a load of old boys yesterday. In that we we took on the over fifties uh, English national team, oh, and wow. I played in a South End United um, mm. <laughs> old fogies team, starring the great Steve Tilson and others. And that was good fun. And I tell you who played as well. Mark Bellingham played up front. He can play football. And he's obviously his dad is Jude Bellingham. Oh right. Um, and uh, Steve Tilson. Steve Tilson. His son. He's not his dad. His son. Is no, Jude no. Bellingham. Hold on. Because we're on Zoom, it's all a little bit. You know, <laughs> you I'm getting you a Jude bit late. So let me start. Son. Let me start this again. He'd have to. He'd have to. Let me start this again. Steve Tilson. <laughs> Steve Tilson is not Jude Bellingham's son. <laughs> it's like EastEnders. It's like you're back. It's like a duff yeah, duff yeah, moment. Yeah, back on the show. Yeah. Right, so, right. Steve Tilson sorted out the game, okay? And he got Mark Bellingham to play, who's a right. friend of his, who can play a game. He's a bit of a baller, to be fair. Yeah. And he is the father of ah, Jude. Jude Bellingham. Think, yeah, that's there you go. Steve Tilson is a, an excellent, if I remember, table tennis player. I, 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 we, we tried to get a challenge going. Uh, with Rio Ferdinand and Steve Tilson. Yeah, I don't they that, ever yeah. played, but we were looking for football's best table tennis player, and I think they claim to be right up there. I think that could still happen. And I'll tell you something about Steve Tilson as well, right? He could still play on a Saturday afternoon at 55. He's quite something, that man. He's like a machine. It's it's quite interesting to watch because he should still be playing. I yeah. mean, I wonder how many pros could actually come back and play, even if not the lower league divisions or maybe even pushing to the fourth division at 55. Yeah. I wonder the new if that 35, could though, happen. It's, <laughs> that's what we tell ourselves as we go. <laughs> yeah. yes. So you, th- you think you're going to enjoy, it's only one uh, one experience, but you think you're going to enjoy life in the non-league, because it's, it's, it's a tough league to get out of, isn't it? As a lot of league that, sides have found. That's what they say, Paul. And mm. I really think it'll be a bit of fun, whatever happens. If, we, if we're still here in four or five years' time, it won't be a bit of fun. But I hope we do get straight out. But like I say, and as you've just said, it's not going to be easy. There's some big teams in the Notts County. And don't forget, Deadpool has bought Wrexham. So, yes, of course. you know, anything can happen there. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, what are you up to at the moment, Terry, you, you, uh, work-wise? Uh, I'm walking around my house in my pants crying. Oh, but, okay. um, <laughs> Oh, I'm 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 back doing stand up again. We've got some stand up, you know, and so we're. I'm just sort of going out. I want to do a little tour, which I will do, but at the moment it's all a bit backed up with everybody else, if that makes sense. So yeah. I probably won't get out until I would think into next year. Um, uh, all fingers crossed. But I am going out and doing a little short short turns here and there, which is lovely to be doing that, and um, and also doing obviously carrying on doing voiceover. Oh, excellent. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll listen out for you. We'll catch up with you soon then, Terry. Enjoy life as a Shrimpers fan and we'll speak to you soon. I love you, boys. Thank you so very much. Take care. <laughs> Terry Alderton there, starting life. Uh, yeah, he's been sending me some very nice private messages about the oh, wife and everything. Oh, very nice. sweet. He's a good man. He's yeah, a good yeah, man. Yeah. So there we are, Southend fans. Big win, well done. Phil Brown. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, Charlie Baker begins life. Uh, alongside me tomorrow with Max off to Oz and he'll be back on well, Thursday for the birthday oh, sprint, yes, yeah, which, and, uh, which Charlie has proved himself to be 
uh, a worthy opponent. Yes, and he sort of gets my jokes. Well, not only does he get them, but he can see them coming like you can about <laughs> five minutes before the punchline. So but at anyway, least he's listening, he is. Max Rushton. We'll do that all again on Thursday, <laughs> and Andy will be back on Friday. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.